Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream, the show dedicated to fun, practical mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Roscoe here, your co-host, sitting virtually opposite uh, Jamie Glazier up there at uh, the new HQ of Dare to Dream up in uh, the Gold Coast. Jamie, how are you? Roscoe, very well, thank you. I'm a little fatigued, but um, I'm... Uh I'm going very well up here, thank you. Excellent. We'll, we'll let everyone know what uh, – well, I think everyone knows what you've been up to, but we'll come back to that in a sec. It's um, Thank you again for joining us. Um, we really do appreciate all of the support and the feedback that we get from you via the podcast. The last couple of episodes – featuring you know, the Ruffles uh, team members, uh, Gabby and then Ray and Anna Maria. Fantastic podcast. We got a lot out of doing it and we hope that we gave you a lot of uh, insights and information around their world. Um, I think the feedback was fantastic. So, But it's been a little while um, since we've caught up because Jamie's been busy moving to Queensland, moving into, as I said, uh, the new HQ of Dare to Dream. New but HQ. The new HQ, but it is his home. And uh, you know the stresses and strains that go along with uh, moving not only house but interstate and uh all the things that have gone with it mate um it's good to see you settling in and uh yes. looks like a fabulous part of the world is HQ- yeah look it's it's been great the um the uh, what that's wednesday today we we got the keys last wednesday and we had the removalist come thursday and i think anyone that's moved house knows how much of a challenge it can be but for us back in melbourne we didn't get a chance to go and pack up the house so which means there was probably 40% of the stuff that we had back there we would have ended up throwing out, which we didn't get to throw out. So it all came up with us. So, we've, you know, the, the unpacking has been a lot more hectic than what we would have liked. But um, together with the, uh, I think it's near on 45 stairs from the driveway to the, the, the living areas up upstairs, it's, um, it's been physically very taxing, but uh, at the same time very rewarding and we're, we're almost done. So... I'm looking forward to getting more of these uh, more of these episodes out on a more consistent uh, basis now that um, I'm settling in and uh, really starting to tap into to the summer of golf here in Australia and helping people get ready. And that's uh, very relevant because it's golf season down here. We are listened to far and wide in the States. There's a, a number of people that have reached out to us and, and listened over there in the UK, very popular, um, and we thank you. But it is the summer of golf down here in Australia and we will be doing you know, as many as frequently uh, possible um, episodes because we know that it's valuable and we know that you're listening. So yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be cranking on and, and delivering um, as much as we can. Today's episode is really uh, around a couple of topics. Um, briefly, you can't have a Masters week and a podcast recorded in Masters week without talking about the Masters and uh, of the two of us here one of us has had a fairly close up and personal Masters experience it's not myself I missed out my once and only <laughs> opportunity to go to the Masters and I keep reminding Mike Ferroni that he ditched me um, for another year <laughs> but um, but uh, but you've had uh, a up close and personal Masters experience Jamie what does this week mean to you in in golf in just terms of the Masters, you know, how does it resonate with you? And then maybe we can just have a, a little chat about that time that you were there working. Yeah, look, it's um, for me, even before I got the chance to, to go to the Masters, I had a couple of opportunities to go with Aaron Badley when he qualified as an amateur and again as a professional and I, I couldn't go because of 
I had a back injury at the time and really couldn't travel. Um, but uh, for me, the Masters has always been the best sports week of the calendar. Um, there hasn't been a uh, there has not been a, an event in the world of sport that that's even close to the Masters for me. Wimbledon's great, the U.S. Open tennis, but and uh, and then going there in 2012 professionally was probably again one of the best weeks because. I had an opportunity to caddy for a client of mine who I worked with from the age of 14 all the way up until that that week um, and a couple of years beyond that. So to to work with a with a young kid and help him get to the US Masters was just a phenomenal professional experience. Um, and then being a golf nut and a bit of a golf tragic, being able to caddy at the event has just been such a, an amazing was such an amazing personal experience for me as well. So. Yeah, it really is and will forever be a really important week in my life, personally and professionally. Now, as they tend to do with the the young amateurs who come into the Masters, they usually pair them with someone fairly significant uh, in the history of golf. Maybe that's part of their strategy to you know provide a learning experience and a and, and a rounding yeah. of those young young guns that come through. You played a couple of rounds alongside certainly one of my. Um, would say heroes, but he's certainly someone I looked up to as a as a young golfer, and that was Ben Crenshaw. Now, if we think about what we're here to talk about and mental mastery, now you think that Ben Crenshaw, I would have assumed, that would have had his mental mastery game absolutely sorted. What was it like walking the fairways with Ben? What did you observe? What did you experience? And did you glean anything from the great man? Well, look, I think firstly he was always. I've been been in the golf industry playing golf for. for 27 years so I got to see Ben you know at his prime when I first started he was without a doubt my top three players so when I saw that we were paired with him it was phenomenal um he was the coolest dude you could imagine just long like long blocks Texan sort of uh, just the coolest of dudes and um the thing I realized Thursday it was a very wet week that week at Augusta and um obviously that doesn't help someone like Ben at that age that he was at sort of not hitting the ball that far. He had a driver in his bag that, that didn't bode well for, for wet undulating fairways. Um, and he was extremely frustrated in round one. Um, and just seeing him in that sort of space was, was quite interesting, but also seeing what happened to him when he walked onto every single green, it was just phenomenal. This almost arrogance, quite calming arrogance came over him on the greens and he just rolled the ball like I've never seen before. And um, there was one, uh, I think it was the fifth hole, big green, pins back left. He hits it down the swale, bottom right. And he walks past me as he's reading the green. This is on Friday, the second day. And he, uh, he just looks at me and he goes, oh, watch this. And I'm like, what do you mean watch this? You, you're 70 feet from the hole, mate. You've got three tiers you've got to go up and the pin's eight feet from the back bunker. Like, what am I watching here apart from disaster? And um, anyway, I should have known better. Um, he rolls this ball and it's nowhere near the hole and it breaks left and it breaks right and it comes up and down and around and, and he lifts this thing out from 70-odd feet and I'm like, oh, my God. Mm. Like just he knew exactly what was going on. He knew exactly what he was going to do. And here I am thinking this guy's lost his marbles, you know, and um, 
it was just such a cool moment to, to, to be a part of. And uh, the little wink that he gave me when he looked over as it lipped out. Um, yeah. It's, I'll never forget it. So um, just, it, it does just a phenomenal, phenomenal experience. It does sound like a priceless moment uh, that you experienced there. I, I, having watched Ben Crenshaw growing up, as I said, um, I could imagine him doing that. I could imagine, you know, that little wink, you know, there you go, mate, I told you so. And, uh, yeah. you know, obviously they play there a little bit. You know, he's played there numerous times once a year. I'm not sure how many times they get to play in and around uh, outside of the Masters. I don't know. Um, maybe as a, as a former champion uh, whenever he wants. But um, so you, you'd hazard a guess that he knows the course fairly well, but still, you know, it's not the regular week-in, week-out course. And just to walk in and do that, it shows a level of confidence. Now, we're moving into a part of the real body of the, the podcast, and that's talking about some of the other work that uh, that you've been doing whilst you know you've been moving and up there in Queensland and Melbourne lockdowns and all, all that sort of thing. And that's the work that we've done, and I've helped you with. But um, you know, it's all your work in the Inside Golf Academy. Yeah. And and I want to talk about one of the components of the latest program. Uh, that's the 18 Tips to Managing Your In Round Frustrations course, which is was. An eye opener for me to sit here and put together because you know there's 18 tips to managing in in round frustrations. It really is a playbook on how to be be a better golfer. Now, yeah. the one that I want to talk today about is uh, this topic of the tip of confirmation bias. And when I think about yeah. Ben Crenshaw, yeah, is that the absolute antithesis of you know positive confirmation bias right there? Is that what he was doing? Absolutely, absolutely. He knows. He knows he's one of the best putters that's ever played the game. And that's what I meant by every time he stepped onto the green, there was just this air of I'm home. This is where, this is my place. This is where I get to show off and prove to everyone and myself how good I am still at that age. And as I said, it was just, it was just such an interesting experience for me to be able to witness that. And um, yeah, so that is completely the antithesis of, uh, of confirmation bias for sure. Because when, when we think about confirmation bias, you know, we're usually talking about it in a way that, you know, how our thoughts are uh, influencing what we're doing. And I'll let you talk about it. But yep. be just before we get into that, you know, the Inside Golf Academy is, is a thing. It's a project of yours. It is a way for people who are listening, people who want access to the type of coaching and um, improvement strategies that, that you absolutely uh, coach people in without yeah. having to see you face to face without having to yeah. come and do sessions at KDV or Royal Melbourne or wherever, yeah. you know, you can yeah. jump online and get access to this wonderful content in this particular course, 18 yeah. tips. Yeah. Now we do have an offer um, that we would like to share with people that are listening to the podcast. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about that at the end, but yeah. it's been an absolute continuation of my wonderful learning experience helping and just put these videos together and, and do that. So let's take everyone on a little bit of a deeper dive on confirmation bias because it is one of the tips in, in the program. Um, yeah. How do you want to start that? Should we play the little the little video first or do you want to give yeah, us a play, bit of a bit of an overview? video and then we can discuss that for sure. Okay. Uh, this whole for me, I, I think you can really start to see Casey struggling and I won't say unravelling but certainly uh, just starting to to just lose the sharpness and, and lose control of, of what he's doing. Um, especially when in that second shot, he spoke a little bit about, uh, you know, that's his bread and butter. Um, and as I mentioned in the last video about confirmation bias, it's, if he's, you know, feeling frustrated a little bit on the greens and he's struggling a bit, 
and then he makes a comment around this is my bread and butter um, and feeling frustrated again we will act and behave in a way to confirm what we what we believe or what we feel about ourselves so he will put himself in a position to feel even more frustrated and that's what i feel happened there was uh you know he spoke about that bread and butter draw into the back left pin and just didn't execute um but moving on then you know his chip shot he left you know a decent way away from um from the pin um so yeah for me it was just a, a very interesting one there uh just to start to see and even his language patterns on the tee box and, and language patterns around his second shots is more about now that's a little snippet of one of the training videos there's over what is there must be 36 or nearly 40 videos that you get in yep. the program now yep. before we get into you know the deep dive of confirmation bias and what's going there just give everyone a, a bit of an overview of how the course is structured and how you know we've used casey as the, the case study i guess yeah yeah look it's um casey hardy a, a client of mine i've been working with for about six or nine months um he went out and played an 18 hole round of golf and mentioned and, and described and spoke about all the shots that he's hitting and what he's trying to do and basically, you know, plays around a golf. Uh, and, and I debrief every hole. I talk about some of the things in his language patterns that may be helping or hindering his performance. Um, and this round of golf is full of frustration for Casey. So, um, so the great thing for me is we, um, the great thing for me is that we actually start to really go into how to manage frustration and confirmation bias for me is, is one of those things in psychology that is really powerful when it comes to golf. It's, um, you know, Casey was feeling frustrated and then we will, confirmation bias is basically we will, we will act and behave in a way to confirm what we believe about ourselves. So if we're feeling frustrated, we will actually try and gravitate towards more frustration. So that's what that comment was about, um, you know, that hole, that shot where Casey, like, this is my bread and butter. While he's in that frustrated state, you know, he will act and behave in a way to possibly amplify uh, and connect with frustration. So, um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's Casey just the whole course and what Casey does is, is, is fantastic. Yeah, it was Casey, the, the, basically the construct is there's a video of every hole and you've pulled apart basically one of the learnings from that particular hole. So you get to see an elite-level golfer, a professional golfer, play around a course in uh, New Mexico. Um, yeah. He talks you th through what he's feeling, what he's, what he's doing, you know, both in shot-making but his you know, mental approach. So, you know, he's showing us how he's applying some of those strategies that you, he works with you on. But, you know, he gets frustrated and then every video and every every outtake is, is this learning from uh, each hole and 18, yeah. 18 tips. Let's just have a listen to the, the, the little tip from uh, that particular one that we're talking about, confirmation bias. And I want you to really think long and hard about this because basically it comes back to your self-talk and your language during a round of golf and what you say about yourself. So... I want you to be very mindful of your self-talk during a round of golf. I want you to take as many notes as you can. So you can see Casey going through those three-hole reviews. Um, that's a really great time for you to sit down and actually write down some of the things that you're noticing from a self-talk point of view because basically that's creating 
uh, your identity, what you believe about yourself that day, what you feel about yourself. And then from that point, that confirmation bias is going to kick in. So your self-talk, what you're saying about yourself is really important. If you're talking shit to yourself about yourself, then that's going to put you in a very unproductive state and uh, you are going to be very, very easily triggered uh, and very easily uh, frustrated over little things. When you said you pick something that you want to talk about, well, for me, that is one area of my personal golf that, yeah. um, as you know and as you've witnessed and as you've you know, talked to me about, that affects my ability to perform at the level that I'm probably capable of, you know, yeah. especially inside that 100 metres and you know, what what that self-talk is, what that identity is, is a, yeah. is a massive determinant on my performance and it's something that I'm working really hard to, cha- yeah. to change. So, you know, obviously we've edited that down for the podcast, but, yeah. you know, th- those tip videos go for a good number of minutes and it's a it's a, a walking, talking playbook on, on how to be better. You know, you can literally walk around the course with this in your pocket and, yeah. you know, while you're practising, listening to this and, and, and playing and improving. Um, yeah. You know, when you listen back to that tip – you know, what do you, what comes to mind, you know, when you think about how it applies to, to, to golfers at, at large? Well, I think it's self-talk um, in general is so, so important and such an underdeveloped area of our, of our behavioural patterns and our performance. Um, and I, I constantly, I would say multiple times a week, I'll have a conversation with a client around that whole process of if you were to caddy for someone, if you were to caddy for your best mate and they play golf and they hit a poor shot, what would you say to them? And there is this really encouraging, nurturing, sort of uh, positive, motivating type of language that they would they would engage in. But then ask them, what would you say to yourself? And it is completely the opposite. They dig the boots in they tell them how crap they are, um, you useless piece of blah, blah, blah. Like there's this really intense negative uh, narrative that's put around our own performance. And, um, you know, golf's hard enough as it is without ourselves being a massive handbrake to our own performance and to our own mental and emotional state. So for me, it's it's just such an underdeveloped area of our own performance, both on and off the course. And it's something that I think, we really need to start to take control over if we want to be happier and also more productive and perform at a higher level. Now, if someone's listening and they want to start working on this area, they identify confirmation bias as one of the things that's their handbrake to you know, better performance. What are yep. some of the things that they could start to do tomorrow that would, yep. that would help them become better? You know, how do they de- deal with it? They okay. They acknowledge that they they it's a part of the, what they do. Yeah. When they yep. step on the first tee, what 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 are they might they be looking at? So, things like an affirmation. Okay, a short, sharp statement that you create that basically starts to change the communication loop that's going on in between your uh, in between your ears. So, um, all of my clients, uh, you know, go through some form of affirmation or another. And all it basically is, is it's just reconditioning and reprogramming your subconscious mind to create a new belief about yourself because your old, your old belief system was created by an unproductive language loop. You're continuing to tell yourself that you're, that you're no good, that you failed, that that was crap. And it's that language loop that creates that identity and that self-belief. So what we do is we create an affirmation um, a short, a short, sharp statement. You know, something like every day, in every way, I believe I'm coming, becoming more competent and more comfortable 
um, within my short game. Uh, and it's just something that you repeat over and over and over again. You might repeat it 500 times a day and that starts to create a new belief system, uh, starts to recondition your subconscious mind so that when you get out there under those moments of pressure or stress, your identity or your subconscious belief system now has another alternative way of looking at it. So um, little post-it notes around your house just to keep reminding you um, that that is you know, that is what you think about yourself. Um, and a couple of great ways to supercharge that process and accelerate that process is to go through those affirmations while listening to music or while exercising, okay, because of the endorphins that get released uh, when we exercise and the way the brain functions when we listen to music, it has a greater opportunity to tap deeper into our subconscious mind during those two phases uh, of our day. Beautiful. That's some gold right there for everyone. Uh, when you're working out or when you're uh, playing some music, listen to your affirmation. Yeah. It certainly, you know, is something that I continue to work on and, you know, in conjunction with the work around my short game that I'm doing with uh, you know, your colleague on Team Herbie, Dom, who's been wonderful yeah. in his um, video uh, analysis of my short game and I was down at the range, now that the range is back open at Peninsula, and just listening and implementing the technical part. Now, you've got to be the technically competent as well, um, but then I, I know that I can play every shot in the book in, in, in the short game, so I've yeah. just, just got to start to change that language pattern. And, you know, I was down there listening to music actually and uh, it was yeah. – I can see that I can see the performance benefits happening already. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And look, it is – I think – you know, a lot of people look at the mental game and it's been spoken about for years that golf's 90% mental. Um, so people can tend to gravitate or want to gravitate towards working on that part of their game, which is great. But the, the technical and mechanical element of the game is so important. Mm. Like if you don't have a competency from a mechanical point of view, then it doesn't matter how good your mental game is, you're still going to be have a limitation on what you can achieve where I prefer to go, well, let's get the, the technical mechanical areas solid. Then the mental game stuff, there is, there is no speed hump in the way then. Yeah. Um, but if there is a technical deficiency, um, like my short game is a perfect example. I can have a really good mental process, but I have some big deficiencies technically, and that's going to provide, you know, a really big speed hump to, to my ability to execute out on course. So, um, that's the thing that I'm really looking forward to getting up here. And, and once I settle in and join a club is getting some good work done on my short game and, and, and just becoming a great short game player again. Um, and little words like again or yet are really powerful when that comes to the, to the language patterns, because again means I've been there before I've done it before. So I know I can do it. And yet is a really powerful word. So we don't step into that fixed mindset of, this is where I am currently at and this is where I will always be. Yet is I am working towards becoming a, a really good, you know, having a really good short game. I'm not there yet, but I'm on my way. It just stops us from having this fixed identity around this is the person I am and this is the person I'll always be. Yeah. Yeah, so. it was a big light bulb moment for me when I had to sort of, you know, fess up and, and really, you know, from a technical point of, point of view, um, reach out to someone like Dom and say, yeah. look, I need some help with this because 
I'm on the I'm getting on the right track with the other part, which has been probably I've lent on as the the biggest handbrake. But the yeah. reality the reality is that the both go together, and I I can't implement these strategies that I've learnt from you know these programs and from yourself if I can't yeah. do it technically. And you know, yeah. previously I know yeah you know, when I said that before I might have been sounded a bit full of myself, but you know I can play every shot in the book. Well, over the yeah. journey of my golf, you know I I know that at times that I have been able to execute. Wonderful, yeah, you know, wonderful yeah. short game shots, but just yeah. yet, all right. The in the moment, it's just not there yet, and I knew that I had to, yeah. you know, seek some you know, technical support. Yeah. And hand in hand, it's just working uh, perfectly. Yeah, and I had a session like a, a chat last night with um with Sarah uh, from Royal Sydney, who we've spoken about. She won the, the won the club championships again just a few weeks ago, sixteenth, seventeenth time. Um. We've been working together for about six months and the handicaps come from three point, let's say 3.5 down to plus 1.1 in six months. Fair effort. Um, she's been a big advocate of the courses. She's signed up to both courses, gotten a lot from both courses. And she, we had a discussion last night about what next, like where do we go next? Like she wants to, you know, play off plus three so that her daily handicap can be scratched. And I said, well, what, what's next is we need to make sure we tighten up some of the mechanical deficiencies that you perceive you might have so that, that you know, mentally, not that you're tapping out mentally, but you're certainly at the, at the you're really tightening your mental game up at a, at a very good level. Let's bring some of the mechanical elements of, of your, your game up to a similar level. That alone is going to help you to get to that next stage. And then we keep, keep building that belief system. Um, but again, around confirmation bias is she, she realised last night um, that she may still see herself in part as the three handicapper, not the plus one handicapper. So, which is just a common thing. You know, we, we have this identity and it can be a very fixed identity. As soon as we develop an area of our game technically or mechanically, we need to also develop ourselves mentally and an identity point of view we need to now see ourselves as a different golfer so that we can create that more empowering confirmation bias but um but you know her, her development's been pretty rapid in a very short period of time so it's easy for her identity to lag behind a little bit um but yeah now as i said now she's off plus 1.1 so we've got to um you know start to really tighten a few other things up to get her to that plus three stage that she wants to get to which is just phenomenal golf, mind you. So it, it's okay to you know be a four handicapper or a three handicapper and really sort of see yourself as that scratch marker that you want to be. Like if you're, it's okay to sort of walk onto yeah. the course and think, you know, I'm really a scratch marker here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna attack the course like that. Yeah, definitely. As long as as long as there is a foundation of work you're putting in that supports that belief. Now, Sarah has done an enormous amount of work. Like she did the pre-round routine course. Her best score, uh, stroke score at Royal Sydney was three over. She did the pre-round routine course on Inside Golf Academy where we're building a powerful pre-round routine. Her very next Saturday, so two days after she did the course, she had a stroke round. She implemented a three-hour pre-round warm-up. Now, that's in part probably more or as much as most professional golfers. And she shot even par on that day. Beat her best previous score by three shots. Now, she's putting the work in. So she can, she can have that little bit more of a higher belief and vision for herself. Yeah. So 
all I say to people is you can think whatever you want. If you don't put the work in, then it's just positive self-talk and it's full of fluff and it's actually of no value and possibly can have a detrimental impact long-term. That's right. But if you're, if you're putting in the good work, then go, go for your life because that confirmation bias will kick in and, and you, you're going to perform better. Uh, that is the gold. Um, that is exactly the point that I was trying to get an eke out because without doing the work and, and that case study there from Sarah is fab- fabulous, you know, that pre-round routine course, you know, she's obviously implemented it to the T, you know, and taking three yeah. hours. Does, yeah. does that mean that she, not shortcut, but, you know, she becomes more expert in that and, you know, she can compress that routine into a, into a more abbreviated sort of time zone, but she's, you know, practice every element of it. She now yeah. has that sort of more dialed in. Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. So she's, you know, the better we get at things, the more efficient we, we become with them, no matter what they are. So that's just that process now that she's started to really condense it a little bit. And um, But even on the, on the weekend, she signed up to that 18 tips course and she really got a lot. And, and here I am saying to Casey about, mate, you're not, you're not getting as specific with what you're asking from yourself because he's a really good golfer. But Sarah's like, I got a lot out of that. I got a lot out of... I have to just be more detailed with what I'm what I'm thinking and what I'm doing with each shot. And she went out there again on the weekend and shot even par again after listening to that course. So I think in the last three weeks she's she's shot one under par in the second round of the club championships for her personal best and shot even par three times. Um, and it's just about, you know, creating consistency with what you're doing, putting the work in and starting to have a little bit of a higher vision for yourself, providing – it's got some foundation uh, to stand on, not just, you know, positive sort of fluffy self-talk. Jamie, I, I know that you and I are probably naturally away from the sort of salesy speak of, you know, these courses and, and trying to tell people, you know, you should buy and all that sort of thing. But when I hear that story and, you know, having had a little bit to do with Sarah when we sat in with the initial Zoom uh, call, yeah. you know, yeah. for the relative to the investment, I think if you said to anyone, if you surveyed any golfer out there and said, you know, for – 150 bucks or whatever it was she's, she may have invested yeah. that you're going to yeah. get, you know, it's going to contribute to that level of performance. And would, yeah. you, would you, would you take it? People are going to go, yeah, no worries. It- well, look, I think too, Roscoe, it's in, in, in the, and we've spoken a lot about the price points of these courses, like the 18 tips to managing frustrations is over three hours of content. This is not just your jump on YouTube no. and watch a video for no. 60 seconds and get it for free. Like if you want to train and develop your mental game and have long lasting impact and change, and get the information that, that, that my tour players, uh, you know, top 100 people in the world get access to, that, that it's proven to work, then jump on Inside Golf Academy. If you're looking for a quick fix and, 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 and not spend any money, that's okay. YouTube's got plenty of options for you to, to, to get confused about. Um, but, you know, we're, that's not us. We're not trying to be that, you know, if, if, if you don't invest that little bit of money into this part of your game, then that's completely okay. Yep. But... This is a, a higher level content, a higher level learning platform, um, and the way that you've you know packaged the course and the workbooks, it's a re- it's you know you're not going to get it anywhere else to be honest. Um, and I'm not saying that to as you say we're the least salesy people. I'm here to help people develop their mental game and, and enjoy their game more and lower their scores more and have a meaningful impact on their golf game. And to do that, I know that. A free three-minute video on YouTube's not going to do it. Yeah, no, well said. So, what would we like to do for the people who listen to this episode specifically? What what can we do to help them? Well, 
because I suppose the, the you know we're talking about Masters Week and we're tapping on, into frustration and we're talking about that 18 Tips to Managing Frustration course, which we think is extremely powerful for every golfer. Even if you don't experience much frustration, you're still going to get a huge amount out of it from a performance element. Um, I think we I'm happy to offer a 50% discount um, on that course, um, and we can add a link uh, in this uh, in the uh, in the podcast there. Um, so basically, for the entirety of the life of the podcast, uh, subject yeah. subject to confirmation, but uh, you know, we will have a link in this show, the show notes, which you, if you've listened to this and got this far, and yeah. think, well, you know, I want to give this a crack. Um, so for forty nine ninety five Australian, so that's about thirty seven bucks US, um, yeah. and about twenty pounds UK. Um, yeah. 25 pounds maybe. You know, you can click the link and get access to basically what the launch offer is of the course. You know, we had that as a launch yeah. for the first three days and many, many people yeah. took that up and thank you. Um, yeah. But if you listen to this episode specifically talking about this this program, click the link and you can get that uh, that great yeah. deal. Otherwise, every program is 99, 90, yeah. 99 Australian. Uh, yeah. That's less, much less than the price of a, a golf lesson and certainly yeah. much less uh, – than the you know the price of doing some face to face work um, with yeah. someone like yourself, Jamie. So it's incredible value. Yeah. And as you yeah, said, yeah, no, look, it's it's great. And then you know this is to we've obviously gained and, and gotten and received a lot of support from the Mental Mastery uh, you know podcast followers and the and the private group on Facebook. Um, so yeah, you know we're out there to try and continue to to provide them with some content that's going to help them enjoy their game and 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 lower their scores and increase their performance. So. Um, yeah, happy to always give back and, and throw a bit of a promo code their way uh, when we can. Beautiful. Well, Jamie, I think uh, if there's nothing else, I think we've covered off a nice little bit of value there for everyone and uh, great to touch base back again. As you said, we'll keep uh, putting some more content out as the summer progresses. Enjoy your, enjoy your time up there in Queensland. Hopefully we'll see you back in Victoria, back down at Royal Melbourne there soon. Yep. Still got to get these borders sorted between uh, Victoria and uh, Queensland, I believe. So won't be long. Yes. I'm planning on trying to get down the week before Christmas just to visit some family and that sort of stuff. So I think uh, we'll definitely bring the golf clubs down and uh, get out to PK and then have a hit. That would be uh, fantastic. So got to get the borders open first. Okay. Well, that'll happen, but uh, we'll probably catch up before then on another episode of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Thanks for listening in. And if you do want to con- contact us, you know, contact Jamie – all of the information there is to get hold of him. Please feel free to reach out at any any time. And if you've got anything that you want to work on specifically, let us know. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and head over to daretodream.com.au for exclusive access to the free video program, Eight Tips to an Unbreakable Mental Game. Join us next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast.